Hey everybody, welcome to the Mayfair Theater Podcast. This is Josh. Andrew. I'm Eric. Uh, I was going to go second there and then I looked uh, you screwed up. I beat you to it. Yeah, we had a moment there, you know. Oh, well. It is Tuesday, June 19th. Again, oh, recording man. a bit earlier in the week. We'll be chatting about the movies that are coming up on June 22nd through 28th. And we just sat here for like 15 minutes while Andrew was a good responsible person, did work. Yeah. And Eric and I, this always happens before and after a podcast. I'll be having a conversation and thinking, this should be on the podcast. Yeah, this is good material. And it becomes this horrible, like, instead of just chatting with your friends or coworkers, your brain starts going, can't talk. Yeah. And there's been times where it was just Lee and I doing a podcast and I'll be in the cinema just kind of setting up on a table because there's kind of a bigger space to do it when there's not a movie screening. And he'll walk in and he'll a word will come out of his mouth and then he'll go, wait, no, we'll talk on the podcast. <laughs> so it becomes this horrible thing of not wanting to have actual social interaction. Yeah, but then he has to remember what it is. Like, that, that'd be my problem. It's like, what were those five things I was going to say on the podcast later? It's like, yeah. I think Spider-Man might have been involved. But yeah, so it's we just chatted about. Well, it's good. We chatted about. We, we covered a lot of ground, actually. Yeah, for, we, it was. We were like nerd talking about Netflix, which we shouldn't. We should pretend doesn't exist as <laughs> yeah. cinema workers. Yeah, we like we like Disney when they hook us up with films such as Solo, fingers crossed. Yeah, but, you know, dislike them when they vault stuff we want to see. We were just talking about Sweet Sweet Back before we started rolling, and it made me think that it made me remember that Van Peebles Jr did a movie called Solo. Right. Which we, we, we probably could screen. We're not going to because the turnout would be horrible. Actually, we could trick some Star Wars fans and maybe do okay with one show for the first 10 minutes. But... If we screened it, though, one, Google, who always gets it wrong what we're screening, would just assume we're screening That's Solo. Yeah. So they would advertise that as such. And then the newspapers would probably get it wrong. So there'd be this, like... We wouldn't lie to anybody, yeah. but they'd be like... We would suspect that a lie could be perpetrated by I'd be everyone. pretty excited to see Mario Van Peebles solo on the big screen. I've never seen it. We should do a, a combo of that and Soldier with Kurt Russell. For, oh, yeah, for pretty like, much, yeah, the same movie. Yeah, and it was like two years And the Universal Soldier? Yeah, oh my god, yeah. Bionic, all, all Bionic six of them. Android Soldier <laughs> movies from the yeah, 90s. Yeah, that's our next film festival. What's funny is like Lee would probably be like rubbing his hands together <laughs> hearing this. He's like, oh man, that is a good festival right there. I'm down. It's funny, I always think back, whenever that was, 20 years ago or so, and I think 20 years into the future, and not so long ago in the grand scheme of cinema history, we lived in a world where Mario Van Peebles, Jean-Claude Van Damme, Dolph Lundgren were viable box office stars that could carry a picture. Mm -hmm. And now they're still around, especially Jean-Claude and Dolph Lundgren, they're still around, you know, Expendables movies or doing other things like that. But in 20 years, who's going to be that? Like, who's yeah. going to be the guy we look back on and be like, man, remember when Brad Pitt was a viable star and now he's on that sitcom? Oh, man. Like, it could happen. It could be anyone. It could even be you. <laughs> oh, I hope. It's a late start, but you still got time. Well, when I was a little kid, before my time, Burt Reynolds was the biggest movie star in the world. And even when, was it the same year as Star Wars? Like, Star Wars made all the money, but right on its tail... Smoking the Bandit. Smoking yeah, Bandit. it was the same year. And it was, Star Wars, we kind of forget this, but the first Star Wars was kind of a low-budget movie. But if you look at the stats, the numbers, Smoking the Bandit made a ridiculous amount of money. So cut to 15 years later, when I was a little kid, he couldn't get work in Hollywood for big screen stuff, and he was on a sitcom. Yeah. Burt Reynolds. And yeah. this was back in the day when that wasn't... Like, now it's just normal. People jump back and forth to 
a Netflix show to a big screen movie. He started in TV. He did yes. like he was on I think it was Gunsmoke. Yeah, and he did a couple of Gunsmoke. He did a couple of cop shows. He had a couple of series that lasted for a short time. Then he became a movie star. Then he went. Then in the eighties, his career kind of faltered, and then he went back to TV with Evening Shade and BL Striker. I think he had two shows. Yeah. And then Boogie, Shade, Boogie yeah. Nights uh, brought him back. Yeah. yeah. It was huge. Boogie Nights. Travolted his career. <laughs> yeah, that, that was his... And then whenever somebody does a comeback like that, like Travolta, it really worked for, mm. I don't know, maybe 10 years almost, but for quite a few years, he was face-off and Broken Arrow. Oh, yeah. And even stuff that seems silly now, but it was stuff he was doing, like, like Michael... The or... General's Daughter was yeah. the one I remember. There was, like, a hundred million picture and just kind of disappeared. And you're yeah. like, well, it didn't seem that great to begin with, so... And he was probably making $20 million oh, for least, all yeah. of those. But Burt Reynolds kind of on the heels of Boogie Nights. He did striptease. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> oh, and he did a couple of old man movies, you yeah. know, like grumpy old man type movies, I, I seem to recall, but... Was I mean, he, in, he wasn't in Space Cowboys, was he? No. no. The, the, he should have been. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That would have been amazing. He should have been. I would have watched that. It's tough. You can see it's tough out there. And, and yeah. even now, Travolta, he's got a bit more success on TV now. Yeah. Because he did that OJ thing. Mm-hmm. But you know that the story, that thing with uh, Gotti? Yeah, yeah. That's out? It's like 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, my God. I really so, want to see it now. <laughs> I guess the distributor of Gotti put out this campaign saying, like, who are you going to listen to? Like yourself or a bunch of trolls behind a keyboard like they created this campaign just like wow like anti-critic anti-critic <laughs> like critics are morons and you should just go so, and see like it. a fake news basically yeah it's like who are you gonna believe the Gotti family themselves telling you the version of Gotti or the people who saw it and said it wasn't good <laughs> make America great again and support John Travolta it's it's funny though because like, they should have done that for Last Jedi Oh, yeah, man. who are you gonna yeah. believe? Yeah. Well. That would have been more appropriate for like the last two Star Wars movies. Like, who are you gonna believe? A bunch of yeah. oh, trolls or? But, but they, it's, they, they made a billion dollars. And the critics, yeah, they don't need a that. lot of critics actually liked that. Like, like that was a good movie. I could see Gotti being awful. Yeah, but, I mean, like at least Last Jedi it technically was great. Even I, I loved it. But I mean, I could oh, see yeah. if someone didn't like it for the story or whatever. But I mean, technically, like it was very very well done. Whereas, like, Gotti, I can totally believe it's just complete garbage and, like, a puff piece where he, like, saves kids from a burning church or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't think that happened. What was Travolta's last kind a of... hit? Yeah. Like, I hate to say real movie, but what was his <laughs> last, like... Because he's done a lot of what would be called, like... Punisher? <laughs> oh, my God. It might have been Well, Punisher. it's like Pulp Fiction <laughs> rescued his career and he got an Oscar nominate. I think he got nominated Yeah, I that. think so. Yeah. And then and then he, he was sort of back on track and doing... Big move, you know. He did like Face Off, yeah, with Nicolas Cage, and gen- you know, I mean, he he had like big starring roles and stuff, and then like, oh, uh, I don't know what happened. Swordfish might have been the last big, big sword. Role. Yeah, Swordfish oh, was yeah. when he was starting to falter. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. Good. So he's always been working, but it's sort of like he, him and Nicolas Cage are kind of stuck in stuck in that video on demand. Despite there being so many movies being made nowadays. There's only so much room. Mm-hmm. And when Ryan Reynolds pops up or Ryan Gosling pops up or when Jennifer Garner, they are replacing roles that would once be somebody else. Yeah. So it's just natural that a career takes turns. You look at Alec Baldwin and he was a big leading man in romantic stuff and action movies. Yeah. And now he's... Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah. Now he's Donald Trump on SNL. But he's still working a lot because he's in the Mission Impossible movies. And so he has been smart enough to kind of take that 
elder supporting role, yeah. you know. Same with Hopkins, like, to a point. I mean, he could definitely yeah. be in more prestige stuff if he wanted, but he's also, like, we've talked about before, he's like, yeah, Transformers, or... Yeah, take the paycheck. Yeah, like, <laughs> give, work for two days max and then get a million bucks. Like, oh, yeah. Not a bad deal. You know, there's only so much room, and, and you got to find work somewhere. Yeah. And so it is smart when people take ensemble pieces yeah. or smaller roles. Even uh, Brendan Fraser uh, just made a comeback on that yeah. TV show Trust, uh, yeah. which yeah. was also uh, All the Money in the World, same adaptation. So, I mean, I've, oh, was that one? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's a 10 part version of All the Money in the World, pretty much. Like, I haven't it's watched it. Ever... That's getting good reviews. Though. Yeah, good casts. And, and it's, it's hard not to miss Brendan Fraser as well. Yeah, like, it's yeah. just, he was talking about another guy who was top of the world. Like, yeah. And then just. George of the Jungle. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I took a first date to George of the Jungle. And actually, they <laughs> Whatever. First date. Sorry, no, it was the third date. The first date with that same one was Anaconda. Her Good. choice. Good. Which, it would have been my choice, too, but yeah. But no, like, when Brendan Fraser was doing Encino Man and yeah. all those silly movies, like, he was the guy. And yeah, so yeah, I always think that of, of looking back of, of, you know, Marlon Brando in his elder years mm-hmm. kind of went crazy, kind of put on 200 pounds. But in his youth, he was the guy. Yeah. So is that going to be... Brad Pitt, or is that going to be Matt Damon, or is that yeah. going to be, you know... Well, like, it's hard to do, because he had a bit of a, like, it almost seemed like he had a bit of a brain melt as well, like, where you just, like, like on, like, Dr. Moreau, you know, where yeah. you're like, what's even happening here? But then you put him inside, like, the score, I, I really enjoyed, because you get De Niro, you get Norton, you know, you got the three tiers of acting royalty, or however you want to say it, but, you know, and he's actually kind of, Brando's doing his thing, it's, it's not great, but he's... You at least believe that he's like got his head together there, but yeah. when you're watching Island of Doctor Moreau and you're like, no. "What the hell is happening here?" Well, we screened that documentary. That's a really yeah. good oh, documentary. So good. Yeah, it's heartbreaking though because you're just like, you know, the crew, the director, they all just wanted to make a movie, and you yeah. just see how Him one of the her. actors he had like a, a lead role. I forget the actor's name, Rob Morrow. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, on, he, he was on that Northern show. Exposure. Yeah, he he called the head of New Line. He's like. Can you? I want to go home. Like I don't. I don't know what's going on. It was like a year and a half or something. Yeah, he's like, he was like stuck. He's like, I just. Can you get me out of this movie? Like I want to go home. This is like terrible. I hate that. And you feel really bad for him. Oh yeah. And the head of New Line's like, okay, like you can go. <laughs> we'll replace you. Yeah, it's so funny to think of like Val Kilmer being the guy, like Brando too, but like Val Kilmer being this hot shot who's like, no, you know, I'm not coming out of my trailer until he comes out, and it's like, well, we'll come out at the same time. You're just like. Val Kilmer, and now you look at him, and it's like, where's Val Kilmer now? Like, well, and <laughs> do you think there's going to be any volleyball in the new Top Gun movie? It better be. It has to be, right? <laughs> but so in the new Top Gun movie, is it? I don't know. Rankings. What's it called? Is it just called Maverick. like Top Gun? I think it's Top Gun Two Maverick. Or they might be doing like a like... Man of Steel kind of thing, and I think it's just called Maverick. Y- oh maybe? yeah, maybe it's that. Yeah. Or is it Maverick Top Gun Two? Like <laughs> Electric Boogaloo. Yeah. There but was a Saturday it... Night Live sketch with Val Kilmer where Will Ferrell and Chris Parnell are like two airline pilots and they're like getting ready to take off. And they're like, oh, we're just waiting on Captain Kazansky. And they're like, that guy who always talked about going to Top Gun. <laughs> and then he comes in and he's like, you guys are dangerous. And it's like, he just keeps repeating it. And... See, why can we have that cool Val Kilmer who was in Dr. Moreau and level-headed and fun? Like, well, he, that's the weird thing. Like, now to have him be like, yeah, I was a prick, basically. Like, to, to look back at it now, yeah. like, cool to say that, but you just completely help ruin that. Like, well, I remember careers. Ron Howard, who's a pretty you know, vanilla guy, like pretty, pretty tame Hollywood <laughs> yeah. guy. You know, he's, he's not a Kubrick-esque controversy driving director. Yeah. Years ago, and he tiptoed around it, but he essentially said, 
you know, he's worked with Russell Crowe and he's worked with Tom Cruise. He's worked with all these big shot guys, yeah. some people who, who have some bad reputations. And he said the only bad time he ever had on a movie was Val Kilmer on Willow. And oh, I man. love Willow. And then Jeez. Val Kilmer lost Batman forever. So he only did one Batman movie, got replaced. Yeah. So I, I think he was just a young punk, you know? I think he that's, was... Yeah, and that's... Because Willow is like... That's a long time ago, too. Yeah. Like, that's so weird to... Jim Morrison. Jim Morrison, was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's... Man, it's so weird. And he, he had... You know, I don't... I don't As an actor, you know, I don't hate Val Kilmer, you know? No. I mean, he's been enjoyable in things, you know? But yeah. But it's not like he's a favorite of mine or anything like that. I think that. you got to be more careful in Hollywood, especially nowadays, where, I don't know, before you got to pass, you know, like, oh, that guy's a diva, that person's a diva, that person's yeah. a jerk. But now you see it more and more, people getting replaced. Mm -hmm. And I think it's hard to play hardball. You know, I want to raise, I want yeah. this. And they're like, oh, sorry, uh, we're going to replace you with Don Cheadle in Iron Man. We're yeah. going to replace you... You know, with Mark Ruffalo and Hulk. Yeah, especially as Batman, because it's like yeah. they will recast Batman. Yeah, you know? like they're not too worried about it. So. Well, I think now it's the more than ever, more than in a long, long, long time, mm -hmm. the movie is more important than the actor. Yeah, and there, mm -hmm. there's still exceptions, but you look and the movies that are making money. I don't think a lot of kids are going to Fantastic Beasts because of any actor in it. Yeah. I don't think kids are going to Incredibles because of any actors in it. The star of the movie now is the property, the yeah. comic book. And it's there's rare exception, but it's it's few and far in between of something. It's more horror films. Horror yeah. films have a bit more originality. You know, uh, Get Out was a brand new property not based on a book or a comic or anything without any real stars in it. Yeah. And it did really well. And so, yeah, more than ever, I think... We still do have filmmakers that people like. People like Edgar Wright, you know, mm -hmm. and we'll go to an Edgar Wright film. Yeah. But up until Baby Driver, none of his films were humongous. Yeah. And even, it's funny, Baby Driver is going to make a third of what Han Solo is going to make. Yeah. But people are considering Han Solo a flop because it was a bigger budget and whatever. Yeah. So yeah, it's a weird time where you go to a Harry Potter fan or a... Fifty Shades of Grey fan or a Twilight fan and you say who directed that movie yeah. they're not going to know it's so funny when it's someone like Bill Condon and you're like yeah, what, oh my God. what are you even doing doing this but like cash in man <laughs> yeah yeah that's like being a plumber it's like, yeah. it's like I have a skill at this and they're going to pay me a lot of money and then yeah. I can go do something else in between and, it's, and it is funny like with the Ron Howard thing too because you're just like yeah when they announced him you're like okay yeah. like is this that's good I guess I mean I like him fine but it's not like you think it's going to bring any edge to the movie no by any not means. at all if anything like he'll sand off the edges based on yeah. who he is but it was fun and I like Solo but yeah. it, it's I would love to look into that alternate universe of a Lord and Miller Star Wars movie still yeah it's like oh I would like that and I think and a lot of the talk was that they, they were making it too comedic you know yeah. and they didn't want it to be a straight comedy and like now I'm like oh, maybe that would have been good I don't know if, if anything now it's it's like maybe do a better job of researching the directors you're hiring because yeah. you fired like three or four now yeah <laughs> so and it's 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 tough because up to that point I was willing to give the benefit of the doubt Rogue One was great you know I really yeah. liked that and had it been a disaster I I, I might have thought okay you, maybe you don't know what you're doing kind of thing but it's they've they've had more hits than misses. If, if you if want anything, to call Solo a miss, even. It's something to point at to maybe films don't work the best with an auteur theory unless you're a really little movie. Yeah. Because a lot of the movies that we consider classics, a lot of movies that we love, were not a director final cut. 
and they work fine. Whether that be something like Wizard of Oz or Gone with the Wind yeah. or, you know, even like the 70s kind of stuff. A lot of that stuff, even like pop culture stuff like Planet of the Apes, that was all made the same way with a hired yeah. gun director, with a producer getting the final cut or the studio getting final cut. Oh, yeah. And sometimes you look at these movies that aren't director final cut and then you see the final cut with a director and you're like, oh, I like that yeah. other version better. And then, well, like when they did The Exorcist, like the movie oh, yeah. or whatever, but they had two versions. I was watching last night for the first time, I watched uh, Streets of Fire. Okay, like, yeah. you've definitely seen big Walter Hill fan. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. And uh, that's a that's a fun movie. It, it's good, and I've never seen it. And the craziest thing about that is that it was it was called that because they were so sure they would get the Springsteen song "Streets of Fire," so they wrote and shot the whole ending around oh. that song, and they didn't get what? it in time. Yeah. So they literally had to rewrite and reshoot the ending based on a song written by the dude who wrote uh, for most of Meatloaf's stuff. Uh, Jim Steinman. That's crazy. And so he had two days to write the final number for this thing so that they could shoot a scene around it and that was the end of the movie. So, it's, But th- that movie is like a cult classic and mm. everybody loves it but it, but it, that's Walter Hill and you're still oh, yeah. like we didn't even get to do the ending we planned but still people liked it and nobody would have known that. You know, like it's stuff like that blows my mind. If you're an 80s movie and it doesn't have a Kenny Loggins song I'm not interested. That's yeah. all I want. <laughs> it's Caddyshack. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So there's there's that one. He better be back for Top Gun because he did. What did he do? Caddyshack, Top Gun. He had so many, but like such a. Did he do Footloose? You know all these Foot, kind of. Yeah, movies. He, yeah. He he had like ten in a row of these real '80s iconic good bad movies. Yeah, they're all the same. They're all that kind of that. <laughs> Just a good time feeling tune. Yeah, that's um, all we wanted. Kenny Loggins. Yeah, Kenny Loggins Film Festival. <laughs> I know. Oh man, that that actually could do well. Researching the titles that he did, you're like, that's uh, that's actually pretty great. I like these thin threads. We need yeah. to have lesser uh, connective tissue to our festivals. I feel like that's the way to go next. Well, we mentioned Get Out, and that makes a good segue to A Quiet Place. Nice. Which we have starting June 22nd. Although not of the same theme per se, it's very interesting that it's another low-budget horror film directed out of left field by somebody from comedic television. Yeah. John Krasinski? John Krasinski. Yeah. The Kras, as nobody calls it. <laughs> Not only did very well financially, but has a 100% top critics rating on Rotten Tomatoes, which is pretty crazy. So if you watch that and Gotti back to back, then yeah, it should that, even I love this trend of horror films where it's funny, like we just screened Friday 13th Part 3 for our 3D Fest and how the 80s really became those franchises. You know, Friday 13th, Halloween, mm-hmm. Freddy... And in the 90s or mid-90s kind of became more the Scream thing of Scream, I Know What You Did Last Summer, yeah. even kind of Final Destination, even though it's a bit more supernatural. And then it just became the Saw gore horror fest. Yeah, with a couple of, you know, the Descent type deep cuts, Yeah, but nothing like, yeah, it just kind of got lost down the rabbit hole. <laughs> but now it seems like we have this really interesting time of original horror properties that are garnering sequels a lot of them yeah but A Quiet Place is just a kind of a simple monster horror film uh, <clears throat> 90 minutes long I think it's budget was was nothing yeah yeah well and plus I mean because it, it's him, him and his wife are the stars in it so it's oh yeah like, he's married to, to yeah, Emily yeah, Blunt yeah so he didn't I'm assuming the negotiations weren't that hard for like the salary but like again I could I would see that if it was like a Jordan Peele situation where they were like here's four million dollars yeah. and you write and direct whatever you want and give it an R rating I assume it's an R rating yeah no, it's only 14A. Ooh, wow. Everything's 14A in Canada. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Everything we show is 14A. We barely have an R rating anymore, so... 
But yeah. I'm, no, that uh, I'm always happy. I'm a big horror guy, so it's like great to see when things do well, and especially when they're not. I have nothing against sequels or you know no. paranormal activity and all that, but for me, it's it's really cool to see like more original, you know, stuff like The Witch and It Follows and The Babadook and stuff. All that stuff, yeah. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. I'm glad to get that stuff. And, and this is this is big screen. I saw Paranormal Activity small screen. I just yeah, missed it. Same here. And watching it, I was like, man, I wish I saw this big screen with a crowd. Yeah. Because it's just you get that feeling around you. You get people screaming. You get yeah. you know people laughing after the scream. You know so. So yes, looking forward to Quiet Place, A Quiet Place this week. Our second new film is Beast, which I know nothing about. Yeah, I don't either. The tagline is, A troubled woman living in an isolated community finds herself pulled between the control of her oppressive family and the allure of a secretive outsider suspected of a brutal murder. Ooh, a beast, if you will. So it's it's the, uh, that's how I met my wife. Yeah, yeah, there you go. (laughs) See, so it could be a werewolf movie or not. Or it could be yeah. like, like I don't think it's an actual. It looks fairy taleish. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. So we only have that for a couple of days, just because as fate would have it, Lee probably got offered it and said, "Oh, we can only fit it for a couple of days because we have these other things." But yeah. we have it for a couple of matinees and a nighttime show, so hopefully folks will get to come out and see that. Yeah. Then we have Disobedience held over for a second week, which I'm glad because I haven't seen it yet, and I really want to see it. It's from the director of a Fantastic Woman. Oh, right. Which I repeatedly call a perfect woman. Yeah. Over, over, over. But we still knew what you meant, so yeah. I don't know if that's good or bad. I think I did it on the podcast, and I did it while making up the flyer and caught myself right before. Oh, like, no, it's a fantastic woman. That's worse. Like, at least we can explain away the podcast. Yeah. You know, he was just hyped on podcasts. Yeah, we don't know what we're doing on the podcast. <laughs> but that's a very highly acclaimed film. The director's previous film won Best Foreign Language Film at the Oscars. Two big shot actresses in it with Rachel McAdams. Two big shots. Yeah. Rachel Weiss. The biggest shot. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, with a B. Weiss. Weiss. Yeah, Rachel Weiss. Oh boy. Andrew's been mispronouncing it for years. Oh, no, I think I, I think I have been pronouncing it correctly. Just like Werner, Werner sure. Herzog. Yeah, yeah. As well. I just like mumble when I say it so that people yeah. don't know if I said it right or <laughs> wrong. Rachel Weiss. So yeah, I'll be catching that this week for sure. Then we have the Ottawa premiere of a. Heavy documentary, but an exciting get for us. The Accountant of Auschwitz. Supposedly this is doing gangbusters in Toronto, like mm-hmm. sold out nights at the TIFF Theater and yeah. stuff like that. And it's the story of, kind of a story we've heard before over the past few decades of someone who did horrible things in World War II being caught at the age of 95 yeah. and going on trial. Let's see, it's the Audience Award nominee at Hot Docs. You know, very well at TIFF, kind of a, a festival darling right now. Yeah. And an example of a movie that is getting huge buzz, and we get it because the multiplex can't fit it in because it's got other movies on too yeah. many screens. And the word Auschwitz in the title. That's true, yeah. Like, um, <laughs> it's like Incredibles yeah. 2, Deadpool 2, and Auschwitz. Auschwitz. You're like, maybe. Hitler's we, accountant. Yeah, yeah. Like, maybe <laughs> we won't get that. And it falls under my. It's 78 minutes long. Which, Ooh, which I, love. I love those short movies. You never get them in the 70s. That's uh, pretty rare. But here's what's funny. Another movie we have this week, 178 minutes long, Casino. Okay, no, that's good. I'm coming to that one. But I think that's funny that we have a 78-minute movie (laughs) and a 178-minute movie. Man. That wraps up our month-long Scorsese De Niro Festival. Casino came out in 1995 and is kind of famous for how the Academy Awards nominated Sharon Stone, and that's it. And that, that was it got one nomination. Over at the Golden Globes, it only got nominated for 
Sharon again and for Martin Scorsese. Hmm. And a lot of people look back on that and are dumbfounded that yeah. it didn't get more praise when it yeah. came out. It did from the critics, it did from everybody else, just for some reason it got kind of shut out of and then now it's it's so crazy. So that's like over that's like twenty three ish years yeah. ago. But that was the last Scorsese De Niro movie after they did so many in a row. Oh, and now I believe this Christmas is their big reunion film. Yeah. After 20 plus years. It might be bumped to 2019 now. Oh, yeah. It's kind of a fluctuating date. I don't think they even know, but it's, it's yeah, I was hoping late this year, but yeah, like it's... But it's crazy when that happens. Somebody who you associate with a filmmaker and then you yeah. blink and 20 years has gone by. And that kind of happened where Michael Keaton and Tim Burton, very close together, did Beetlejuice, Batman, Batman Returns. Yeah. And they just didn't work together. And then now they're doing the Dumbo live action thing. Yeah. And Danny, that's live action. That well, it's yeah, it's live action with. Oh. It's kind of live action the way that like Alice in Wonderland. Or yeah, where it's live action, but it'll be actually this one won't be as bad as Jungle Book because it's live action with animated. Animals, oh, I see. Okay. Right. Okay. So it's uh. yeah, it's interesting when somebody who's so associated. And then you're like, oh, they haven't worked together for 20 years. It's, and it's kind of weird that, like, he kind of just took Johnny Depp and ran instead. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, they, you know, they did Edward Scissorhands together, and then there was the Keaton stuff, and then Depp again for, oh, God, 10, 15-year run or whatever. Like, yeah, and then now with Tim Burton, he's kind of just gotten off the Depp bandwagon because Depp wasn't <laughs> in... He wasn't in, what, shoot, what was it? The, the one about the painter with the uh, eyes. Oh, yeah, big eyes, yeah. Wasn't in big eyes, not going to be in Dumbo. No. So I think finally they're like, yeah, let's try other things. And a lot of times it's no ill will. Like Mel Keaton was like, no, I still kind of keep in touch with Tim, but it's just, it's a job, you know, yeah. and you'll get offered something and you're busy somewhere else or there's nothing perfect for you in the thing, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's sometimes in Hollywood, there's, it's when people say, oh, why didn't you work with this person or that person? You're like, oh, they were busy that week. Yeah. You hear stories like that of, I remember that with, Okay, wait. We're gonna. We were talking about Burton and Depp. Yeah, Burton and Depp. There was no pause there. Yeah, yeah. no, nobody paused. <laughs> talking nope. about what? You nobody were... knocked on the door. <laughs> yeah, but Johnny Depp and Tim Burton. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So they were. They were. You know, and it's not necessarily because of any ill will. They just kind of do their own thing. Yeah. And oh, oh, I was gonna mention Beetlejuice too. They just keep talking about it all the time. That's the other reason. Which like, I think Michael Keaton and. <sighs> Tim Burton both said, no, that's not a real thing. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. And every year it seems like someone's like, it's confirmed. You're like, no, yeah. it's not. Lies. You, so, but that'd be, that'd be fun to have them do that now, like in the wake of him, you know, with the Oscars and all the stuff that's happened. Since. What I really want is a, and since they seem to be throwing continuity around and they're okay with a Flash TV series and a Zack Snyder Flash and they're yeah. okay with all this, I would love a Dark Knight Returns Batman with Michael Keaton as a 60-year-old Batman. On HBO. Uh, it'll be so good. It'll be so good. <laughs> That's what we, we need to that on, uh, like, uh, like uh, one of the networks that'll allow you to have swears and violence. Yeah, and no, stuff. just do a movie. Do a movie. Do that too. I'll yeah. take that. I'll take yeah, anything. Yeah. So we got to wrap up soon. So I will mention Rocky Horror Picture Show is this Saturday night, uh, June 23rd. It's kind of an earlier uh, show for it. Yeah, it's at 1030 at night. So if... If you're listening to this right away and Rocky Horror is past your bedtime, this will be done by like midnight, so yeah. that's not too bad. Or you can watch the first half, but still pay full price. We're yeah. cool with that, you know, <laughs> and then just leave whenever you want. And then the same day, if you want a really long day, come in the morning, our 16th Saturday morning cartoons, which is three hours of cartoons, buffet cereal, bring your own bowl and spoon, but don't go crazy. Yeah. Because there was a, a couple years ago, there was a couple teenagers here, 
and they had bowls, you know, like witches' cauldrons. Salad bowls. Yeah, and we're just like pouring in a whole box. And I was with like, the Guys. salad scoop as a so spoon. It's kind of like teenagers who go trick or treating without any costumes. They're yeah, just like give us candy. I'm wearing a hat. You know, <laughs> dressed as a teenager. Yeah, spot on. Cartoons is one of my favorite things we do, and I'm so glad that people have continued to come out for it because. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough to play retro stuff. And sometimes, like, we had to cancel our kids' club because people weren't coming out for it. Yeah. And people ask why we don't do as many festivals and triple bills. And we're like, people come to the new stuff, yeah. you know? And so, yeah, very appreciative that people keep coming out to these four times a year. It's the best thing. I mean, I'm, I'm so... It would really, like, crush me to not do this. Like, we've been doing this since before I was here. And yeah. So it's just, yeah, such a delight to see everybody having a good time and... The curtains are open and people are coming in and out and you know like yeah it's kids just, in pajamas yeah I just like going four times a year to buy sixty boxes of cereal and no one ever questioning it yeah ever. <laughs> like, I, I like showing up in the basement and there's just a bunch of boxes of cereal <laughs> yeah. and I'm like oh I guess cartoons are coming up Josh is coming in with his boxes and again my quarterly complaint if there was toys in them oh we'd have so many toys oh, we would have crushed it we uh, got those socks that one time I mean yeah I got those in the but they would have they would have gotten eaten though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But are you saying you would have eaten the toy X? I would have, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that Hot Wheels, no! Then we could sue General Mills. Yeah, yeah that's the way to do it. You, Andrew, you almost killed Andrew. Andrew ate that eraser. <laughs> how old is he? He's 32. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. He's okay. a young man. That's how we're yeah. wording this, and we're not going to change. Yeah, that's still oh, yeah. going to be, it's going to be good. And Andrew will be here, too, by the way, if you want to come yeah. for the cartoons. He'll serve you some coffee I think we're all here. I think that's who's working that morning. I'm, I, I'm, see, I'm working. I'm closing the game, but, I'm, oh. yeah, but I will be here for cartoons, so it's going to be a long day oh, for you're, me. Really? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> you oh, can't miss wow. cartoons, man. Yeah. That's, that is a long day. I'm just glad that I didn't... Oh, I was thinking it wasn't a long day. Why'd you have to say that? <laughs> I don't want to... I have to go... I'm closing the night before, so oh, I have boy. to go home, get sleep, come in for 10 a.m., watch three hours, go home, come back for, oh, for 6 o'clock. It's going to be good. So we're going to wrap this up because these guys have to get back to work. Eric's going to go and go to the bank and retrieve yeah. his broken bicycle. Yeah, my, my tire blew out on the way here, but I still had to run here to make sure the podcast went on as, hero. as it was meant to. The word hero gets thrown around. <laughs> yeah, and we'll do it again right now. So thanks for listening. We're on all the social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And go visit our friends at House of Targ, who are one of our sponsors. They've always got cool stuff going on. And even if they weren't, we would still talk big about that. Yeah, even if you're just going over to eat pierogies and play video games, that's still a worthy endeavor. So good. Stay tuned to all of the social media, as mentioned, and we'll keep you updated of all the cool movies coming up. We update moments after we learn. So, man, it's gonna be good. Maybe next week we'll mention that uh, we have solo. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. Tune in next oh, week. Oh, cliffhanger! Yeah, we're never getting it. Now. <laughs> we're never getting it. After <laughs> all this hype, yeah, I shouldn't have said it. Okay, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you soon at the Mayfair. See ya. Bye. It was a top secret government project. Backman Ice. All of them. Designed to create the perfect soldier. No man would ever again have to die in the service of his country. Cryogenically preserved. Okay, guys. Memory clearance. Genetically enhanced. How's the picture? Pretty ugly. Very funny, very funny. Programmed to obey. They're at the tower. Okay, okay, here we go. Who are these guys? 30 hostages held inside the power station at the base of the structure. I said shut up! Go inside. Begin phase two. This marks the third successful mission for the Universal Soldier. But there was something 
they didn't count on. He's not responding. GR-44, do you read me? At the end of the mission, he became completely unresponsive. Inside the machine is a man. Do you really think the Pentagon would allow the regeneration of dead soldiers? Stop the girl. Shoot if you have to. And all it takes... Veronica Roberts, TNA. ...is one memory... But you didn't do anything! ...to awaken him. Universal Soldier. What the hell did they do to you? Don't know. But I'm going to find out. One can't be controlled. Buckle up. The other... ...cannot be stopped. This mission has been canceled. I'm giving the orders from now on. I'm gonna teach them all. ultimate weapons of the future have declared war on each other. Jean-Claude Van Damme, Dolph Lundgren, Universal Soldier. Stop. That is an order.